Hello and welcome to the Hindu's Analysis podcast. I'm Jayan Shriram. Thanks for joining us today. We're talking about a really interesting legal development today. So, earlier this week, the union government called upon the Supreme Court to review an order it passed last year with regard to reservations. In particular, it asked that the creamy layer concept, which distinguishes between the affluent among disadvantaged sections, they asked that this concept should not be applied to scheduled castes and scheduled tribes. So that was the headline news and that's what we're going to try and break down and get some more clarity on. But as always, we're going to take a slightly longer route, locating this particular event in the chain of legislations and legal judgments through which the implementation of reservation in India has actually been refined and given clearer definition over the years. That, I believe, is the best way to understand where we stand at present and why the current legal proceedings in the Supreme Court may actually lead to another landmark in the history of affirmative action jurisprudence in India. K. Venkatramanan, or KB, our top legal commentator, is joining me for this podcast. We had a really great conversation because he has an almost encyclopedic knowledge of this subject. At times, actually, I felt like I should be taking notes. And if you're a student interested in the subject, I suggest you do. So just a quick primer before we start. We'll be referring to three major judgments here. That's Indra Sani versus Union of India, Nagaraj versus Union of India, and Jarnail Singh versus Lachmi Narayan Gupta. So that's what I'm referring to when, for instance, I just say Nagaraj. With that quick primer, let's get straight into it. So KV, hi, welcome to the podcast. So, you know, in keeping with what we do on this podcast of looking back before we look forward, the interesting thing here is that most people sort of understand and accept reservation as very much a part of how things work in India. But there's been a lot, a series of judgments since Mandal uh, that kind of actually refine and, uh, well, mediate this concept and go into great details about, you know, the specifics of how reservation works. And I think that's why, uh, that's, that's where we are in, in a sense when we try and talk about what the Supreme Court has said. So, um, Let's try and go back and look at some of those judgments. And I was wondering if we can do like a straight split and say, okay, there was Mandal, which advocated reservation. And then that was challenged. And then the first sort of juncture that we get to is the Indra Sonni case. Ah, In the 1990s, um, backward class reservation for introduced for the first time in central government services. As you know, reservation for backward classes is a feature of uh, the policy of many South Indian states, and it has been around for nearly 80 or 90 years now. When the centre introduced it in 1990, it was challenged immediately, and uh, at that time, there was very little understanding of the idea of reservation for the backward classes, so it was met with violent protests, and uh, uh, the court stayed it, and they decided to examine it in deeper, you know, in a deeper way much later. By this time, the government changed, and the Congress government of 1991 it uh, it tried to soften the impact of reservation by, you know, implementing a 10% reservation component for the poor among the uh, general category. So it was a combination of backward class reservation for the socially and educationally backward and 10% for the economically backward. But ultimately the court did not accept the economic criterion. They they held that the constitution provides only for social and educational backwardness. And the concept of having an economic criterion was alien to the constitutional scheme. So that portion was struck down. 
so the 27 percent backwardless reservation was upheld as part of the judgment they had laid down a few more parameters and the the key element was that that since the idea of reservation is to reach the weaker uh, sections only those who are disadvantaged in a very demonstrable way they should get the benefit of reservation so they ruled that you know even though a set of backward classes can be created on the basis of caste individual beneficiaries who are probably above a certain economic uh, threshold or who have uh, sufficiently advanced can be kept out of it so it was reservation or inclusion on the basis of backwardness of the community at large but exclusion at the individual level on the basis of their uh, certain parameters the court called it the creamy layer among the those who are backward so since then the idea of there being a creamy layer among the disadvantaged sections communities has been accepted so that was uh, the basis on which reservation has been is being implemented though it took a year or two for the government to notify norms to identify the clear creamy layer right now it has been refined and as i think the economic uh, threshold is now those below 8 lakh annual income right so indra mm. soni creates this concept of the creamy layer yeah and the central government then notifies that yeah. because they ask the central government yeah, to they notify. constituted a judicial commission which evolved the criteria and it was accepted so then let's move on from indra soni to the next case is is nagaraj which is slightly yeah. more complicated yeah see basically what happened after uh, indra soni was that it specifically prohibited reservation in promotions so they believe that reservation is valid only at the entry level at the recruitment level as you go higher the presumption is that a person who gets a, a regular salary and uh, regular raises yeah annual raise and promotions will automatically come out of you know the social and educational backwardness over a period of time on that presumption they ba- they barred reservation in promotions the government was faced with a you know a major political problem because you know the the demand for inclusion in backward classes and the demand for uh, accelerated promotions for those who had been kept out of employment for many decades that was quite strong and they amended the constitution primarily to protect the uh, promotional opportunities of scheduled castes uh, because that was also affected by the indra sani judgment so the constitution was amended to provide for reservation in promotions for scheduled castes and this was challenged and uh, uh, in, in, there were a couple of intervening judgments where you know uh, which ruled that promotions are permitted but those in the general category who are left behind by virtue of the accelerated promote promotions for the members of the scheduled caste they should be allowed to catch up at the next level of seniority so when their uh, regular promotions fell due they regained their seniority that they had lost and this was no evolved as a judicial concept called the catch up rule and once again the, the you know the constitution had been was amended to this time the wording was to preserve promotions and retain consequential seniority and in between you know there was there was some doubt whether the backwardness of a community will have to be determined uh, you know on a, each time you know uh, uh, the concept is reviewed so they also declared that the, the scheduled castes are deemed to be backward always 
okay. because uh, primarily everyone agrees that the scheduled castes and scheduled tribes constitute the most backward among the backward classes in the country so there were a couple of constitution amendments if reservation was introduced to uh, sub clause 4 of article 16 they added 4a and 4b Uh, to uh, preserve promotion consequential seniority and allow for you know there was another concept called in article 335 of the constitution there is a general rule that there can be special measures for scheduled castes and uh, uh, there was a rider to it the constitution uses the phrase subject to the overall efficiency of the administration okay so question arose whether you know each time a scheduled caste member is i mean reservation is implemented whether the administration the overall effect on the administration will out will out so have to be examined so sir there was a challenge based on these provisions also so the government also added a clause that nothing in article 335 or any any other provision will prevent the government from relaxing certain uh, rules or eligibility norms for the scheduled castes Okay. So this allows you know the government to you know uh, relax the age threshold or the marks threshold in case of a, a competitive exam to uh, for scheduled caste candidates. So these were collectively challenged, and Nagaraj judgment dealt with these questions. Basically, the attack on the two provisions was that uh, since the uh, Mandal Commission judgment, equality before law has become a, you know a basic feature of the constitution. so equal opportunity and equal treatment are basic features and these two amendments even though they ag- agreed that the concept of reservation doesn't act you know undermine equality they believed that this all the, the special measures introduced amendments introduced to you know overcome the effect of an earlier constitution pen judgment that you know affects the basic structure so the, the basically nagaraj rejected these two contentions and upheld both of them saying that you no know, the basic structure of the constitution is not affected by these things they okay. said because the identity of the constitution is not obliterated and uh, the impact is such that that uh, you know the uh, scheme of reservation which basically for a scheduled caste it operates on the basis of a presidential order in which all the communities which fall under the scst category are notified he said it does not interfere in any way with this uh, list also so therefore it doesn't affect it they also said we are right from the uh, indra sani judgment the certain limitations have already been read into the idea of equality the creamy layer concept the numerical cap of 50% yeah uh, the requirement that there should be quantifiable data to determine backwardness the requirement that uh, the it should not have an adverse impact on the overall efficiency of the administration and the test of backwardness this these will remain so subject to these limitations promotions are valid accelerated promotions are valid and retaining a consequential seniority is also valid so that is how the scheme was and what happened was after nagaraj some of the uh, reservation policies came to be challenged in different state i think up power corporation judgment is one such thing there were a couple of other judgments also so basically they started applying the quantifiable data text so the, the, many of the state governments had not revisited their reservation policy for many many years right. so they couldn't say we this community is backward as a result of 
this level of backwardness. So nobody could justify it. And I don't think anyone really has a measure of how they have been backward. That is an overall idea about the community because men, there are backward class commissions in every state. They do identify castes and for inclusion on the basis of some objective criteria. They, they visit districts where the community is predominant. They have an assessment of their overall socioeconomic condition and get back to the government saying that a large section of this particular uh, community remains backward, the percentage of literacy is this much, their percentage of graduates in the community is so low. And they have other things like access to water, access to health care, even criminal tendencies among the youngsters in that uh, community. These are all assessed. And they say that they do qualify to be backward because they are definitely, they, they are subject to this sort of discrimination or they do have this sort of uh, social disabilities. I mean, on the basis of this, they have identified. But the court now seems to require, th there should be a continuous review of the backwardness of a community. This is in Nagaraj. This is the, this is the effect of Nagaraj because okay. when they say quantifiable data, then you will have to relate it to the percentage also. For instance, if Tamil Nadu provides 50% uh, backward class observation, of which a compartment of 20 is for the most backward. So you will have to determine, you know, uh, justify the 20% or the presence of a community in the group of 30 rather than 20. But more importantly, the question was whether scheduled castes will also have to survive the test of backwardness. So from what you're telling me, it sounds like the thing that Nagaraj establishes is that these categories are not static and there, was, there, there has to be a series of tests and this has to be very continuous. Yeah. That state governments have to conduct. Yeah. Mostly for the level of uh, reservation. For instance, if one state has 68 or 69 percent, well, there is an overall cap of 50. The Indira Sani judgment made one exception. He said in some remote parts of the country, the community situation may be such that, that you know, the higher level of reservation is warranted. So they do make an exception. But how long can you sustain that? Okay. Okay. Or if somebody like uh, you add it to uh, add a two or three percentage to it, percentage points to it, if it goes up to seventy or seventy-two, what happens to that? So this sort of policy changes will have to be justified on the basis of these objective criteria. That is the import of the Nagaraj judgment. After Nagaraj is the next juncture that we get to basically the uh, Jarnail Singh yes. case. Yes. So there's a long period between Nagaraj and... Uh, 2007, 2006 to 2014. Yeah, right. in between there were a couple of things. For instance, there is the Karnataka, a couple of cases came up. One in which the uh, court struck down, uh, I think it is B.V. Pavitra 1, there are two cases, in which the court found that there were no rules for cadre-wise uh, identification of... Sorry, I forgot one more mention one more thing. There should be quantifiable data on the lack of representation for these communities also. Okay. The adequacy of representation is also a constitutional requirement. You have to demonstrate that this community is not sufficiently represented in the services. So out of 100 posts, they hardly occupy 3 or 4 or 7 or 8. And it's too low in proportion to their population. That sort of test is also there. One of the rules in Karnataka, it got struck down on the ground that there were nobody made a study to demonstrate the inadequacy of the community's representation. Uh, that is also another issue. So, uh, uh, the government also wanted, uh, you know, the um, Nagaraj to be reconsidered on these, uh, you know, norms. They said the test of backwardness should not be applied to scheduled castes. 
because uh, the argument is that uh, there is a presumption of backwardness because uh, scheduled castes get their identity on the basis of historical discrimination and untouchability. Right. It is not on the basis in which you know, like other like other backward classes, get their uh, identity from their social and educational backwardness, yeah. which can be determined over a period of time. And there is a possibility that a community may move from a backward level to an advanced level. But whereas for the scheduled caste, it's, it may take centuries. Uh, that was the primary argument. So, uh, Jarnail Singh examined this question and they agreed with the government on this point that Nagaraj, to the extent that it required a test of backwardness for scheduled caste, is wrong. Because they noted that Indra Sani itself, it's a ninth judge bench, they themselves had conceded that the fact that a community is notified by the president under Article 341 or 342 as a scheduled caste or a scheduled tribe is enough to demonstrate their backwardness. Okay. Uh, there is no need for a separate test because they, nobody questions the fact that they are the most backward in our society. So to that extent, they said no. On the other question, whether uh, creamy layer for the scheduled caste should be excluded, uh, they acknowledged, they uh, upheld Nagaraj to that, uh, reiterated that Nagaraj was right in requiring the creamy layer concept. So that was another point. The third point was that what is the level of, uh, you know, uh, representation that is required to prove adequacy of okay. representation. The government felt that Nagaraj, while dwelling on this point, it should have held that the proportion of their population is should be the norm. So if scheduled caste form 20% of a state's population, they should, somewhere around 20% should be seen as adequacy of representation. If somebody is only represented to the level of 10 or 12%, then obviously there is inadequacy and their continuance in the SC list and continued reservation is automatically justified. The they taught they tried to you know draw an analogy with Article 340. 340 provides for representation for ACST in the legislatures, and there the wording of the constitution is very clear. They say that the the number of seats reserved for SCs and STs should bear as nearly as possible the proportion to which they are represented in the population. So this is why you know uh, the government recently came forward with a prayer to the Chief Justice to constitute a seven judge bench because Nagaraj is a seven judge five judge bench decision and Janail Singh is also a five judge decision. So they felt that they can a seven judge bench needs to revisit the concept of creamy layer and also decide once for all the question of their representation you know and, and of course there is a third thing which is the efficiency of administration as i said but interestingly there was a judgment about a few months ago uh, it was just uh, i think a two or three judgment decision in just a chandrachud this was uh, uh, i mentioned a karnataka case bv pavitra was the state of karnataka that came up for you know for another round of litigation because once it was after the rule was struck down, the Karnataka government constituted a, in a you know a, a committee to prove the inadequacy of their representation, and they came up with a report uh, analyzing the cadre-wise representation to backward classes and class of post group one, group two, and they gave a report saying giving quantifiable data on how BC reservation is needed, how ACST reservation. The challenge in that was whether it satisfies the requirement of efficiency of administration. So that is where, you know, the court ultimately held that, you know, the concept of efficiency in administration cannot be determined at the entry level, at the level of, to recruit a person. 
there is no presumption of efficiency in favor of a general category person and a presumption of inefficiency in favor of a person from the backward classes or the scheduled caste the court said it was not right because efficiency is something that is demonstrated after you come in right. so there is no such thing as pre recruitment efficiency and the only assumption seems to be that reservation affects efficiency right so this presumption is wrong is so the the court said we have to move towards a paradigm of analyzing efficiency as something that flows from uh, you know an inclusive and uh, diverse recruitment process he says when the various sections of society are represented in the administration it will automatically improve the overall efficiency of the administration after all it is not the efficiency of an individual employee that is at stake it is the effect of a recruitment on the overall efficiency of the administration okay so to that extent the efficiency question has been answered but it's not by a constitution bench okay and what are the other grounds on which uh, the government is challenging Uh, or, or wants to or wants a larger review of uh, ah, basically they uh, they the since there is no test of backwardness they are limiting that review to the question of excluding creamy layer there may be some sub questions that arise because nagaraj essentially dealt with constitution amendments on promotions whether the concept of creamy layer is being excluded only for promotions but the language in which nagaraj is couched they basically say that year reservation scheme which is based on equality uh, will collapse if there is no adherence to the creamy layer concept proof of backwardness the test of adequacy of representation and its impact on the overall efficiency of so all these put together form a structure of equality so even if one of these elements goes away then the whole scheme will collapse some unequals those who do not deserve to be extended the benefit of reservation if they continue to enjoy it then the system is really not equal so that is their formulation so so long as that formulation exists the creamy layer concept would be automatically applied to all of them so in effect i believe that it applies to both entry level posts and promotional posts so uh, and it will be interesting to see if the court can limit it to promotional posts because there is a one way of looking at it a person who is socially ed- educationally backward at the entry level can acquire after 10 years of service may have an income level as well as a, you know cadre level that makes him you know slightly advanced whether that is an adequate test after all the whole purpose of extending reservation to community is that they will also join service and go on to become senior level officers right that is the whole idea so you can't use the seniority they acquire after a period of time to say that this far you have enjoyed reservation and from now on you don't right i mean that of course is limited to the question is promotion and there is another formulation that at a very high level uh, they do stop reservation the mandal the, the indra sani judgment provides for stopping reservation at a certain level for instance the head of a director of a, you know a research lab for instance i mean they say that could be at that point there need not be reservations okay okay so it seniority can at a certain level you can for example the dean of a college i mean you can promote a person up to a certain level but you can't extend it to one person posts also for instance if there is only one director or one hod controller or auditor general for instance i mean these are all posts for which you know you can't have reservation that's there so subject to this limitation whether there should be a cap on reservation in, in the level at, up to the level at which you can be promoted or you can have reservation in promotion this will also be an interesting question 
so mm-hmm. i just want to ask you in your reading of it at least one reading of this is that this is very much a political thing but a lot of the discussion we've had seems to suggest that a lot of this is also get has to do with getting some clarity administratively you know in you know handling issues like promotions so how much of it what's the sort of balance to you there see there is a political element to this to the extent that you know it is very difficult politically inexpedient for a government to shut out you know a sections of the scheduled castes and communities on the ground that they have reached the creamy layer and even in law i don't know whether the, there is a possibility of treating a member of the scheduled caste today as someone who is sufficiently advanced right. that he doesn't need because i don't think society has advanced to that extent or given living outside there may be a demand from within the community for instance uh, you know a scheduled caste community may have people saying a few of them have already enjoyed the benefits so let us also let it so it is time to start excluding higher level say like children of ias officers or judges or you know uh, yeah. senior civil servants i mean they should be excluded so that others can also there is a valid argument to that extent the only question is whether this logic which normally applies to other castes should be extended to the scheduled castes also yeah. and the administrative part many ca- you know the cadre level posts they are you know they probably flow out of uh, batch recruitments right so it it will be administratively easy for easier for them to know you know who is eligible for promotion in an accelerated way and who in a regular way i mean this constantly creates uh, you know tension you know uh, th- that is why probably that uh, ramandal commission didn't want accelerated promotions at all through the reservation p- formula but now it has come to stay because of constitution amendments allowing it kb thank you for joining us that was super informative great to have you